Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will always be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Excellent service department, friendly sales staff, all that you want right there at Sunbury Motors in Sunbury. And a couple interesting notes that we saw come out throughout the day today. I want to start with this. Ross Dellinger from SI had an interesting story that has come up now in the planning of what's happening with the college football playoff expansion and the Rose Bowl's future in this. And it's really, really interesting because it seems to be that the organizers of the Rose Bowl don't really want to move from the New Year's Day date. And that could be a big wrench, it seems like, in the planning of this. And, of course, that is, that's going to be really interesting to look out for now because, really, if you're the college football playoff committee, you have two choices now. You have either you move on with this expansion without the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all, as we all know it as, or it just has to be a possible quarterfinal home for the playoff in in order to keep it on New Year's Day. And I I know that it's always been the the traditional way to have it because you have the Tournament of Roses parade leading up to the game. I get that. But what you're talking about here, and, and Steve and I mentioned before, that you would, I would, we would both really like to see it be the home for the national championship game every year in this new format, which, of course, in this case now, with the expansion, wouldn't be until mid-January we're talking about here. I think you're talking about something to have bigger and better. You can still have the Rose Parade on New Year's Day, in my opinion, at least in my view. Maybe I'm missing something. And then just wait to have the game when you have the national title game. I mean, they should look back on when they had the national title game. You know, we, we talk about the the big one that they had in uh, 2005, one of the more notable ones between 
Matt Leinart in USC and Vince Young in Texas, and what an epic game that was. I mean, that's what this could be. And I think that the Rose Bowl organizers are missing the point here on that. I get, we love it on New Year's Day, and that's always the, the marquee game, but you're talking about being the marquee game for the national title game here. With the way this whole thing has been, you, to me, ideally, you start with having these games on campuses. Then you bring in some of the other New Year's Six Bowls for the quarters and the semis. And then you culminate with the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl for the championship game. I just don't understand how they can't see that. Oh, there's a lot of politics behind the... I'm sure there is too, but I just I just don't get the stalemate. I've, I, I just don't know why they just can't see this could be bigger than what it is now. Oh, I understand, but I'm just saying that that's that's what it comes down to is you know it's always a stalemate. They'll they'll work it out. This is you know I'm not worried about working out. I really don't. And look, the bottom line is can you know can you get money? And that's what it's going to come down to. That's why it, it, there was an interesting conversation. Now. <laughs> Some other show had over the weekend, <laughs> and I heard about it. I didn't listen to it. I heard about it, and they're talking about Penn State, the Big Ten, the ACC. You know that old tired. Uh, it's really become a tired narrative. Oh, the Big Ten's awful. You got to go to the ACC. ACC's better. Okay. First of all, Jim Phillips is the, the new commissioner of the ACC. Does a nice job. All right, but you've got to. Be, but people have to understand that financially, it's not going to work. All right. So right now, you got SEC Media Day going on, or Media Days in Hoover. Uh, later in the week, you're going to have the Big Ten Thursday, Friday. The ACC, see, the SEC and the and the Big Ten have financially separated themselves from everybody else. So, you know, Matt's talking about what the Rose Bowl being the championship game, right? And the Rose Bowl, of course, has been a main linchpin for the Big Ten for decades and decades, along with the Pac-12. And it is the granddaddy of all. And I'm with Matt. I would love to see the Rose Bowl be the championship game every year. I really would. All right, so I'm, I'm with you there. But you have right now a situation where the SEC and the Big Ten have been in the process and continue to be in the process of separating themselves from the other three conferences. So let's get to why, when you hear somebody talk about, they should go to the ACC. The heck with the Big Ten. The, I don't like the officiating. I don't like you know, you know, the fact that Penn State opens on the road all the time in the Big Ten basketball, which they do. Uh, you know, uh, I, I need you know, I need uh, uh, Penn State's going to open on the road for three straight years in, in Big Ten in football. Blah blah blah. You know, and on and on and on. Right. Uh, and people don't think, for example, that Penn State gets the best shake. Okay. 
that's always the on and on that you get. Okay. I understand that. Uh, but here's the financial reality that if you're going to have the big conversation about conferences, you immediately have to go to the TV deals. The Big Ten TV deal and the bowl deals that they have bring in $54 million to the Big Ten. It's actually a little bit more than what the SEC has right now. The Big Ten also has its contract running out at the end of the 22-23 season. Okay. That's great. Um, So, in that time frame, the Big Ten will be able to negotiate a new deal, and in all likelihood, if everything can stay on a normal track, which obviously we haven't seen a normal track of anything in, in almost a year and a half, but if life can be on a normal track, the Big Ten is poised to have a big-time bump in its media contracts, a big-time bump. When you're sitting there with markets like New York, Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, Indianapolis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, uh, Lincoln, Minneapolis, Des Moines, that's in your footprint to begin with, plus the brands, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, when you got that kind of brand power behind you in football and in men's basketball, you know, Indiana, Michigan State, when you have that kind of brand power behind you, that's a dynamite combination to now bring to the table to negotiate your deal. So for those who would argue that Penn State would go to the ACC, and boy, they bring that kind of brand power for them to negotiate, uh, you can't do it. You want to know why? And again, this is again, you have to have knowledge of this stuff in order to properly talk about it so the fans understand why. You know when the ACC contract runs out for TV? Take a guess, Matt. When does the ACC contract, television contract, run out and can be renegotiated again? I'll say 2030. 2036. Wow. They have no financial flexibility for the next 15 years. They'll get some money from the ACC network. But, Matt, have you ever seen the ACC network? No. Not one broadcast live. I have never seen the ACC network. Never. And the ACC network started in what? August 2019? Correct. So it started in August 2019. Uh... I have done a couple of games in ACC country, including including last year, even with the pandemic, Dick and I did a game at uh, Virginia Tech. And the um, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. That's not good. And I travel all over the place. I mean, I traveled last year. As you know, I traveled last year. It wasn't like I didn't. Well, and I've never seen the ACC network. Traveled all of 2019 and 20. Never saw the ACC network. 
But that's the only area where they can make up some ground. They'll get more money out of the, out of the new um, college football playoff contract. Everybody will. But everybody will. The difference maker is what can you get in your TV contract. Jim Phillips, as the commissioner of the ACC, has to come up with some innovative ways to make up ground because they're – their numbers are going to be stagnant starting in 2024. In 2023, that'll be the last season for the CBS contract with the SEC. In 2024, ESPN takes over at a huge increase. The Big Ten, I think, has a chance in 22-23. Now they'll start negotiating that contract Boy, I'm going to say they're going to start negotiating that contract. I wouldn't doubt that they're starting it now, to be honest with you. I mean, they have to really negotiate between now and next summer, I would think. But they're poised to potentially get another huge increase. I mean, the Big 12 is, you know bumped up a little bit, Pac-12's bumped up a little bit, and the ACC stagnant. So whenever you hear the argument about they should bag the Big Ten, they need to go to the, the ACC, financially, how many sports you want to drop? How many you want to drop? You're already, if you go to the ACC, you lose $20 million right out of the gate. And guess what? Under a new TV contract, you might be $30 million behind with a new TV contract. You can't do it. You just can't do it. And not only that, the ACC the ACC has no negotiating power with its media deal until 2036. And if you're wondering about other schools like coming, hey, I, I, I'm North Carolina, I want to go to the Big Ten can't do it because when they did the deal to extend to 2036 the media grant of rights where you turn over your media rights to the conference all the schools signed it through 2036 they all re-upped aha can't do it Unless you come to the table with these kind of facts, you can't have that conversation with your audience. You can't do it. You can't have that conversation with your audience if you don't know what's going on. It just can't. What's interesting about grant of rights, the Big 12's grant of rights, I believe, run out in 2024. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Guess who doesn't have grant of rights? How about a guess? Guess who does not have grant of rights? The SEC. The SEC, there are 14 schools, no grant of rights, because they just don't think anybody wants to leave. Would you? (laughs) I don't think you want to leave. You notice nobody leaves the Big Ten and nobody leaves the SEC. People leave the Big 12. People leave the ACC.
but they don't leave the Big Ten and the SEC. Their media deals allow them... Look, everybody went through eight-figure pandemic losses. Everybody did. But the SEC and the Big Ten, those are the two conferences, those are the 28 schools that are poised to survive the pandemic and poised to thrive post-pandemic. Back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Life on the water comes in all shapes and sizes. From a fishing boat or pontoon boat to a jet ski, we keep you protected. This is Season from Purdy Insurance. We can help make your time on the water relaxed and worry-free with comprehensive protection for you, your friends and family, and your watercraft and boating equipment. We're independent and local, and we'll find the right boating insurance to fit your needs. Call our Sunbury office at 570-286-5855 or go to purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. The Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce would like to invite you to chip, chat, and cheers at Knoebels Three Ponds Golf Course on Thursday, July 29th from 5 to 8 p.m. for the first ever chip and chat event. Staying with your chamber's come on out summer theme, we, along with premier sponsor Fulton Bank, invite you to chip and chat over a short round of golf, five holes to be exact, for all skill levels. This event is not a tournament, but rather an opportunity to enjoy the company of your coworkers, teammates, and friends for casual networking and fun on the course. Chip and chat on July 29th at Knoebels Three Ponds Golf Course. Registration is only $30 and for members of the GSE Chamber it's $25, which gets you into a golf cart to play five holes and enjoy two drinks and an appetizer. Try out the game of golf or hone your skills. Chip and chat is set up to accommodate all skill levels. Register today at gsvcc.org. That's gsvcc.org. Have you felt like everything fun this last year was canceled? When a large concert was canned again earlier this year, we decided enough was enough. We're hosting our own. Valley Fest is a new outdoor festival for you and your family. The event will take place on July 31st, 2021, and will include a range of musical talent in the genres of hip hop, electric pop, and CCM. We'll have a dynamic speaker who is also a professional skateboarder and beatboxer, Trevor Hyde. Food trucks and inflatables will be there for your family to enjoy the entire day. Admission will open at 2 p.m. with the first show starting at 3 p.m. Ticket prices are $35 cash only and the festival is held at the outdoor stages of Christ Wesleyan Church's Milton campus. For more information or to become a business sponsor of our event, please visit valleyfestpa.com. It's guaranteed to be fun for every member of the family, so don't miss Valley Fest on July 31st on the outdoor campus of Christ Wesleyan Church in Milton. Go ahead, Caller 7. You're on the line. Lisa Barrick, are you hosting your own real estate call-in show? Well, actually, I'm just pretending, but I would like to know what real estate topics are important to our community. Well, why don't you invite everyone to submit their questions to you at CaldwellBankerPen1.com or on Facebook or Instagram? Ooh, that's a great idea. But I still think it would be fun to have a radio show. Yeah, trust me, you want, you want to stick to real estate. Contact me, Lisa Barrick, at CaldwellBankerPen1.com got on a roll not a lot of people uh you know think that we could have won and um in fact i think about 40 percent of the people still don't think we won i understand you understand that mr president i understand that yeah and personally you know it's nice for me to be back here we had a game in chicago where i forgot what down it was i lost track of one down in 21 years of playing and they started calling me sleepy tom 
<laughs> Why would they do that to me? <laughs> Tom Brady steals the show at the White House. As today, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were honored at the White House as Super Bowl champions. Yeah, he did forget that down, didn't he, in Chicago. Kind of forgot about that. It's amazing <laughs> when, you, when you forget about a lot of things. I thought yeah. that was the line of the day. Yeah, it was. You know, the difference is that uh, the Eagles quarterbacks remembered every down. Made no difference. All right. Um... <laughs> they did in 2017, though. It was a long time ago, man. Long, long time ago. It feels like it now. <laughs> in fact, there's uh, there's nobody left in that roster or the coaching staff, is there? <laughs> Only a few. Yeah, very few. Wow. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Matt's actually going to be here in the studio with me on Friday. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sorry about that, sir. I know that you know, you've been anxious and waiting there. My apologies. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's all good. Uh, I was talking to Mr. Girardi, uh, and uh, we were talking about something that uh, could reap some benefit for uh, the broadcast facility of champions. All right, so, so yeah, I mean, I can't do everything here. <laughs> yeah. What what I was talking to him about something the suit should have been talking about, but that you know, but I just the suit is sitting there like watching uh, opening ceremonies past in the office. I'm sorry, you can't, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, by Almighty! So it's just the way it is. I can't be sitting here doing the suit's job. You don't seem concerned. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. You don't seem concerned. (laughs) It is what it is. (sighs) This is your guy. This is your guy. All right. So who's running the show today? We have uh, one of our new interns that's helping out uh, today, and he'll be running the show on Friday when I come out to you, so we're getting a little head start. Does the new intern have a name? Anthony. Anthony. 
Anthony, welcome. Great to have you with us. And we give you a bigger build-up, but it sounds like nobody in the station really knows who you are. All right, so... <laughs> no, he's been doing a great job so far. I mean, you're that new. You're out there knocking it out of the park, doing a great, great job. <laughs> and everybody in the building is confused. Like, who's the guy doing the great job? <laughs> All right. Uh, you see my point about about when people start arguing about whether... Um, ACC Big Ten, it's just you can't do it. it, it it's it's something. It's not going to happen anyway. It's a, it's a worthless conversation, but you can't do it because it's you know, it, it's not going to happen anyway. Grant of rights, things like that. But I mean, logically, say everything's even. Say everything's even, okay. Um, you still can't do it. Because in the bottom line is, it isn't even remotely close to being even between the two. What's interesting is, once again, now let's get to another element. Scheduling philosophy in the ACC and the SEC, as we've established over the years, is different than the Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12. Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, all have nine conference games. The ACC and the SEC have eight. The SEC brilliantly, and I, I say this out of praise, brilliantly creates a scheduling mirage. And the mirage is, wow, Florida's playing Tennessee second week of the season. Whoa, Texas A&M's playing Auburn in the third week of the season. Wow, check this out. Georgia's playing you know, in the fourth week. Well, they sprinkle games every weekend. Until they finally get to, I don't know, early to mid-October, then they start having you know nothing but conference games. Until you get to, you know, usually it's the weekend before that Thanksgiving weekend. This year, for example, Alabama's playing New Mexico State, and then they play Arkansas. Then they play um, uh, then they play Auburn. So that that's the rarity. Uh, the SEC was asked about. Yeah, Greg Sankey, the commissioner, was asked about the possibility of expanding their conference schedule. Well, last year with the pandemic. The SEC played 10 conference games. There were no non-conference games. They only played conference games in the regular season. And as he put it, after going through a 10-game schedule, there has been no desire on the part of anybody to play 10 games. And really indicated there was no desire to play eight. They love the flexibility of play nine. They love the flexibility they have in playing eight and the fact that they can get away with it. Nobody calls them on it. They get asked about it, but nobody calls them on it. Um, the SEC has a really a great media relationship with their media partners. They don't call them on anything. There's ESPN College Game Day, for example. If you are supposed to be um, the journalistic arbiter of what's going on in college football. Why is it that when Alabama plays Mercer, 
the week before they play Auburn, like they did a couple of years ago. Why aren't you calling them out on it? Why? Why is that game scheduled at that point? At this stage, you are now having the college football playoff committee rank your teams. And this is the backhanded slap in the face. Like, we can do anything we want. We can schedule anybody we want. And you don't have you don't have ESPN's college game day calling you out about it. They laugh about it. And I believe Clemson played firm in that same year. They laugh about it. Hey, yeah, well, it's just hey, whatever. But it's not hey, hey, whatever. No offense. At this time of the year, you shouldn't be playing that game. And somebody needs to say that. But what, they, they're, they're going to be banned from being able to interview Nick Saban? No offense, I could live without it. But they do a great job of creating the mirage. And the bottom line is, Greg Sankey will be the first to tell you that one of the goals that they want in a 12-team playoff is to get as many as four SEC teams into that playoff. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to do that by not knocking each other off. Let's take Alabama, for example, though. Let's, let's, with all, and this is under the category of all due respect. They do have to play LSU every year. They have to play Texas A&M every year. They have to play Auburn every year. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, got to play them every year. Kentucky's getting better. They got to play them every year because that's their side of the division. It makes a big difference. It makes a really big difference. So the, and it's not when you're playing in the SEC West like they are. That is, you're going to get obviously. Um, you're already you're already locked into a tough schedule because of that. So I mean, let's at least um, recognize, in all fairness, that. Just within your division, you've got to really fight your way through it. I mean, you got to fight your way through it. I believe Arkansas is the other team in the West. It's and Arkansas is getting better. Kentucky's in the East, I believe. And but you got to fight your way through it to get to that point. So I understand that. But that's the goal that they have in mind. Again, they're thinking about money. You get more teams in, you're going to get more money. They could get as many as four teams into a 12-team playoff. Big Ten could get as many as three. Maybe a given year, maybe Big Ten gets four in there, but you can get as many as three in there and maybe a fourth. To be honest with you, in 2016, I think the Big Ten could have had, I believe, four in there. Wisconsin would have made it. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Big Ten would have had four of the 12 in 2016. So you can do it, but that's the goal. They, that's why when it comes to the conference champions and so forth, they want to make sure that there are six at-large bids because they think they can get three of the at-large bids. 
Are you going to accomplish that by adding a ninth game and knocking each other off? Probably not. They're smart enough to know that. But college football playoff committee does not dictate terms. They don't make statements with their rankings. And that's something that the Big Ten, that's something that the college football playoff committee needs to do. They need to make more statements with how they rank teams. I'll give you an example. You play Mercer. You shouldn't be in the top four the next week. You play Furman. You shouldn't be in the top four the next week. Send a message. Say it loud and clear on TV. You can't schedule like that at this time of the year. You can't do it. Now, that doesn't mean the next week in the new snapshot, after you play Auburn, or in Clemson's case, you play South Carolina, that you don't move back into the top four. Of course you will. It's part of the overall full-season snapshot. But you have to send a message in a subtle way, like, hey, you do that, you're out. Sorry. I don't care if you win 80 to nothing. Who cares? You know, if you're going to be a playoff team, you better be playing some playoff-worthy opponents. But the college football playoff committee won't send that message. They don't do it. And when they allowed Washington in in 2016 with a non-conference schedule that was Portland State, Idaho, and Rutgers, they told everybody else you don't have to schedule. Now, it turns out that in this particular year, Penn State plays Auburn. George is playing Clemson. It's not like there's some, not uh, there aren't levels of meat on the bone. If you notice some future schedules, Oklahoma has some really tough teams in their future schedules. Ohio State, for example, is playing Oregon this year. Ohio State's hosting Oregon. They were supposed to play them last year and didn't. But Ohio State's hosting Oregon this year. Penn State's got Auburn. Uh, I want to say, does Michigan have Washington? I believe they do. And, of course, I mentioned the the Clemson-Georgia game. Wow. That's great. See, that's great for the game, in my opinion. What's not great for the game is when your toughest non-conference game is Rutgers in a year. And remember, in 2016, Penn State went to Rutgers and won the game 39-0. Uh, but the 12-team playoffs going to solve a lot, a lot more than. You know, are there any unintended consequences? Like anything, there will be, and they're going to have to know that out. Um, but Matt doesn't want to see the Rose Bowl get backhanded. Which I understand. Well, of course. It's look. There is nothing like, by the way, being at the Rose Bowl. I mean, you sit there, you look around, and go, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And I've done a lot in my career, so after a while, like, but when you you know you go there, for me, I, I I sit there and I look around and go, "Man, this is one cool place to be." Now, is it the greatest stadium on the face of the earth? No, but it's the Rose Bowl, man. It's the Rose Bowl. So I understand where Matt's coming from. We'll take a break. 
Neil Kulong next half hour. Great to have you with us on the show today. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Comes Mr. T. Going at it. Did you see the Nick Saban press conference today? Oh, boy, I did not. Or discuss Bryce Young. That he's already nearing a million dollars in endorsements? <laughs> well, it's not surprising. Well, at Alabama, I expected the quarterback to make some coin. And this goes back to something, how many times have we talked about this? That in, And I, I, I mentioned specifically Alabama. And I said, look... In a state that does not have a pro entity, Alabama is the show with passionate advertisers. Passionate advertisers. I said they're gonna have their players are gonna be able to make a lot of money off name, image, and likeness. This is proof. So that's just something to think about. Moving forward, I mean, they haven't played. This kid has even started a game yet. Hasn't even started a game. He's nearing seven figures in income. And just so you know, Matt, I'm doing this with the delay on, so okay. I can actually hear myself about two seconds after I speak. We'll work on that. So if I speak in a rather halting way it's so i can hear myself <laughs> all right but young is already making according to nick saban at sec media days today nearly a million dollars and name image and likeness has been in gear for 20 days Alabama's law went into effect on July 1. 20 days. And he's already nearing a million dollars in endorsements and hasn't started a single game yet. That's why I asked Nate Bauer the other day, once the games start, will this story fade? He didn't think so. I think it will I mean, during the regular season, it will fade. And if there are big deals to be had, like the M-Den with the Michigan football players, the Miami situation, if that comes up, there'll be a big story. Start. Nate doesn't think it'll fade. He could very well be right. Uh, and we talked about it yesterday because he's been closer to it than I have. He thinks that it's going to be a story that just keeps on churning. And my thought that once the game starts and the games take precedence, 
that the story will fade to the background. It doesn't mean the money fades to the background. It doesn't mean that the endorsements fade to the background. I just think the, the story fades to the background. And Nate doesn't think so. I understand his logic completely. And maybe I'm just too old-fashioned that, to me, that the games are take precedence. That's why when you hear people talk about, I need to enhance my brand. Hey, man, make a catch on third and eight and gain 22 yards. That's how you enhance your brand. Neil Kulong, next half hour. Great to have you with us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.